This is the Our Gen Podcast. I'm your host, Oliver Accordingly. And today, have you thought about programming? Have you thought about learning how to code? Well, today, this is the one for you, okay? Connor and Brandon, they're going to be sharing their own experiences, their personal journey about when they did programming. And they're going to be sharing little tips, little tricks, you know, things to avoid, things to do. And this will help you go on the journey of this programming. I know there's a lot of craze out there. There's a lot of hype. You know, you can you can start coding. You can be a mini Elon Musk, uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, or Bill Gates. Yeah, but it's it's achievable. You know, we're going to turn it down. We're going to keep it realistic. Yeah, we're going to make it personal. Nothing to do with business. We're just going to keep it personal. Um, share the experiences of, of what it's genuinely like to actually start. Okay, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things out there. It's too business. It's too finance orientated. You know, so. We're going to help you get to think about if it's the right thing for you. So be sure to check out our website, ourgen.co.uk. So ourgen.co.uk. Free membership, guys. Free membership. No strings attached. Go online, make an account, and you can get access to all of our good materials. Got plenty of stuff in there like business, finance chats. Got forums, newsletters, podcasts like this. Lots of good stuff in there. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoy the show. Keep learning, get earning, enjoy. Good afternoon. Well, it's afternoon for us, but maybe morning, night, any time of the day for you guys. Welcome to episode two of uh, the Our Gen podcast. Well, it's our episode two. It's not necessarily the second episode. I think Oliver's done a few episodes here and there, so I think we're on episode four right now. But we're going to talk about programming for Gen Z our age group, our Gen Z age group, you know, most of us are 16, 24 years old, looking to be entrepreneurs. And today we're kind of going to be looking at the the necessities of programming, like who's it, who's it for, what the what's, the where's, the when's, the why's, all that jazz. So yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. But Brandon, before I kick off, what do you, have you got anything to say? Yes. Yeah, so just to reiterate what Connor is saying, today's kind of podcast is to enrich your knowledge a bit more about programming. Uh, to some, it's a very familiar concept. To some, it's a very foreign concept. So, as kind of said, we want to spell out explicitly the what's, who's it for, the when's, the why's, and the how's. So, without further ado, Connor, who is programming for? Who's looking in, Who should be looking into programming? Well, Brandon, they're listening right now. It's the people of this community. It's everyone. It's everyone who wants to be an entrepreneur. You cannot go wrong with programming. The only way you're going to go wrong is when you're stressed out when you can't solve a bug. When you can't solve a bug. And I've been, I've been in that position many a times over the years. I'm sure people who have programmed know what I'm talking about. But it's for everyone. We're entrepreneurs. We want to either create a new way of doing things, you know, solve a problem in the community, or we want to look to further improve a current process, you know, we're looking in an iterative fashion to improve things. So programming can be very useful to any entrepreneur looking to either create something new, improve a process, or to further enhance their job prospects, you know, beef up that CV. You want experiences in all all areas um, across mm. any industry just to make yourself look, you know, look better and have the experience in, in tech. Most companies are now using 
uh, technology uh, to automate processes. So it's good to get on board and learn how you can do that. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, just to drive that idea home, let me just reiterate that for anyone who's trying to create something, right? And that's pretty much every entrepreneur, especially in the kind of environment we are in today's world, with coronavirus just homing us all inside our homes, and the only way we can kind of get access to anything is through online resources. The, the prospect of coding stuff and creating online products is, is becoming increasingly more prominent. So being able to code will help facilitate stuff like that. And again, to add to what Connor said about job prospects, there's no better way to show off your skills than to say that you can program in a certain programming language. Uh, for example, there's different kind of jobs which, which could really give you a competitive advantage if you know how to program. For example, uh, there's data analytics role, which utilizes stuff like Python to help build these data models and improve the data insights that you can you can reach. And being able to be proficient in, in languages like Python will help you stand out amongst uh, the crowd. And this is only just one example of a job prospect which can really really benefit from programming. 100%, 100%. Data and, is obviously a big thing now going into uh, the future. If we can leverage leverage people's uh, data about you know our consumer base, we can drive uh, business decisions. And they're not just theoretical, they're based on uh, some tangible evidence, what's happened in the past. And, mm. you know, sometimes it's not always good to extrapolate the, the past to predict the future, but quite a lot of time it is. So having this program that knowledge in within data analysis is really good, really good. And that's precisely right. But in in the programming languages, it's very difficult to navigate what precisely programming we should use. So I guess the next kind of segue is what what kind of program language should we be looking into, Connor? This all is dependent on what you're trying to do. There's so many programming languages out there. And in my personal career, I've already used five or six throughout high school, college, and now university, all of which serve a different purpose. Now, if you're looking to create iOS applications, you don't go and use uh, Python or C Sharp. You use Xcode and Swift UI and Swift Playground. You need to really figure out what is it you want to do, who your target market, who your target market is, what platforms they're using and that will influence where to start there's no point learning um ios application uh programming languages such as xcode and swift ui when you want to create an android application uh, you kind of miss the target there so understanding what your purpose is who your target market is and what platforms they use that can influence what program language uh you start with Absolutely. Um, I don't think Connor could have said it better. It really, really does depend on what you're looking to achieve. And unfortunately, but also fortunately, coding is in some sort of uniform language where you can just code and, and it will just do whatever you want. There is different coding languages to serve different purposes. And to highlight what Connor said, there's some famous 
programming languages would be like Xcode, which is for iOS applications. C Sharp has a wide range of uses, and I think it can be applied to programming in yeah, that's right, that's right, in Android Studio. And there's there's Python, which has a, a plethora of uses in 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 the industry. As I said before, it's very prevalent in in data analytics, and Python is a quite a very is one of the, known as one of the beginner languages because it's quite straightforward in its syntax. And by syntax, I mean the the kind of language rules for that particular coding mm. language. It's quite straightforward. So for for this example, there's this kind of tradition, right? When you get started with coding, there's always one, your first program that you build, and it's <laughs> called Hello World. And Hello World dictates, it's basically just showing an application which displays the, the, the line Hello World. And for different co coding languages, this can be done in many, many different ways. For Python, it's as simple as writing print brackets, uh, quotation marks, hello world, and then ending all your brackets and quotation marks. But for something like C Sharp and JavaScript, it can get a bit, a little bit more complicated. I mean, for Visual Studio, so, I think it was console.writeline, and he had to look after uh, all sorts yeah. of special characters before it even output anything. And going back to Python, Python for the third year, third consecutive year running has become the most popular programming languages used by developers. I think it, I think it nearly hits the halfway point at forty-seven percent of programmers using Python as their main sort of application. And That's absolutely correct. And it's also another consideration when it comes to job mm. searching. So, you'd also want to learn programming language, which is a high in demand. Because those tend to be, one, if you, in terms of jobs availability, you got a wide range of jobs to apply for. And two, if they're high in demand, then they tend to offer a, a bit more pay. They do, and it's a hard skill. Um, you know, you've got your typical soft skills like communication, problem solving, and teamwork. A lot of companies are now, technological companies are shifting for this. Uh, they're sorting after these sort of hard skills, which is a program language, I mean... I've recently learned how to use uh, the data visualization uh, tool for Tableau, and that's a hard skill that I've got listed on my CV. This is what employers are looking for nowadays, especially when you're going into the tech industry. Um, quite a lot of people can have these soft skills, but not a lot of people have the hard skills at their disposal in their toolkit as an entrepreneur. Precisely right. And, you know, as kind of said, it just makes you stand out when you have combined these both hard skills and soft skills. So, obviously, we're making a case for how strong programming can be for you, but how can we start to learn about programming? What can, where, can we, where can we get the resources to learn about programming? I mean, the internet is a big place, and one of my favourite places to get resources is the Holy Grail, uh, the video platform, YouTube... Uh, I remember last year when undertaking my uh, competition for Credit Suisse, I had to learn a new programming language, Xcode. And the best guy I learned off was a guy called, a guy with a YouTube channel named called Code with Chris. And he set out from the start like a blueprint of how to incorporate certain, fe certain features into mobile applications. And this, in all, made me 
deliver a um, solution to Credit Suisse worth, worthy of third place. So I I always back YouTube for um, resources. You, you know, they're a through and through tutorial from start to finish. So that's where I learned personally. And textbooks as well. I always use my college textbooks. I remember this Bible-looking uh, OCR computer science textbook we had, Brandon. It was weighing us down when we took our hour-and-a-half trip to um, to Manchester. I remember, I remember. And and the brilliant thing about about learning anything nowadays is that there's a plethora of ways to do it. So Connor is a very textbook or YouTube kind of way to learn stuff. Uh, whereas I, I kind of liked a more hands-on approach. So there's, there's a website called Khan Academy and, and Udemy. And they'll give you an actual coding environment where you can type in codes and they'll have a lot of tasks for you. And each task will go on to explain further concepts and build, start to go from novice to a bit more intermediate stuff. And it'll tell you where you should apply these different programming uh, fundamentals and and how you sh- and what kind of result you can expect. It will start off with if statements and then go to loops and then go to arrays and three D arrays and you know you start to get better. And that's how I learned. Yeah, it's it is good, always good to get hands on uh, when it comes to programming. I know I'm very much a theory person. But like Brandon said, this hands-on approach of using Udemy. I think, I mean, I remember when we was coming back for our competition in London, Brandon, last year, sitting on this uh, three-hour London um, <laughs> train journey just on Code Academy, and that's another good resource to use, Code Academy. Uh, Connor, don't forget we also had a a, a single kind of day <laughs> in each hand. I had and one, you know, you the alcohol does. The, it really helps with the coding The process. alcohol is good for problem solving, I'd say. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a funny time, uh, that combined with a lot of essays, uh, all of which we didn't perform as best as we could have done, uh, we're, we're, we're on the table, no. uh, alongside the, the can of beer, of course, I can't remember what it was, but it's like a, I think like one of those Brewdog ones on those punk IPAs, very, very strong, I think so, in my opinion, I'm not much, not much of a beer drinker personally, but yeah, very strong, <laughs> yeah it was a, it was a really good time but yeah those are just some of the ways where you can you know get your resources and how to learn and uh you mean even other aspects you could you know choose it as uh, a degree mm. or an a level or gcse depending on your age it depends on how much you want to commit to yeah because it's quite a lot of co- it's quite a lot of short really... courses i remember in lockdown quite a lot of people were undertaking those harvard online free courses uh, they were very short courses, maybe a month long, oh, about uh, certain aspects in programming. I remember the one being in R, which is the data science language, um, which I debated on the same because I want to, you know, further my career within data analysis. Uh, but yeah, there was there was a like I said a, a myriad of uh, courses available. Yes, and and obviously these are really really good. Uh, but I mean, another aspect we need to keep in mind is that we need to be consistent in learning. Yeah, we can't just start program. once and just never touch it ever again. There's got to be some sort of practice schedule. Absolutely, you need to keep building on it, and that goes into our next segue into how often should we practice our programming expertise? Well, my granddad Roy, he has a very, a very. Uh, he's, 
a very memorable catchphrase, and it's everything in moderation. And I've I've used this catchphrase uh, when it's come to programming and playing guitar. Those are two sort of uh, aspects of my life where it's like memorable. It's, I've always done things in moderation. So programming, I always I never had those eight hour long slogs of pure crippling programming. You know, stuck on a bug for ages. I kind of took it. I'd have like hour sessions. Sometimes I'd only spend five minutes on it. I remember when I was really deep into programming in college, mm. I used to I used to sit at home and I'd be watching TV and I'd kind of like, it's weird, I kind of like solve a bug in my head and just go do it, go fix it for five minutes and then go straight back off it. Uh, I think effing in moderation is a good way to stay in uh, tune of it and not get sick of it. And you can rem- remember more. I mean, there's a lot of syntax and logical rules which you have to remember within programming. And one eight-hour all-nighter isn't going to hack it. It's got to be consistent over time, short periods of time for layered learning. Oh, I completely agree. Especially if it's something which is going to be a long-term skill for you, a lifelong skill. Going into these eight-hour sessions is just unhealthy. And, I mean, if you're very, very passionate about it, then Mm. be my guest. But most of us... Uh, using it to further our knowledge and further our career aspects and the best way is to start off very very just dip your toes into it and explore a bit and then get to kind of love programming get to have fun with it it's really hard to have fun if you're forcing yourself to spend an hour every day do stuff which you think is manageable for you and make sure that it aligns with your goals as well for example, if I'm just a very casual learner, just looking to kind of get to know a bit more about coding, five minutes every day or two is very sufficient. But if you're looking to pursue a career in coding, then you may want to look into spending a bit mm. more longer on to each day on, on programming it to know a bit more. It, it depends yeah, on the Yeah, I'll just come in here and, and say... I know it's irrelevant, but when I was learning guitar, I only ever learnt songs that I liked. And I relate that to programming because I, sh- I only started creating programs which were going to be useful to me that I wanted to create. I didn't spend my days creating these random maths quizzes. Although they are good uh, for the mm. syntax and learning the logic of things, I didn't spend too much time learning them because I didn't enjoy it. And to really get a passion for something... To really make it useful in your life and make it not seem like it's a chore, you need to do things you like. And yeah, um, I, no, and for my college coursework, I remember a prime example was I remember uh, me and Brandon went on und- underwent uh, this weight loss transformation. I think we lost. I wonder what it is combined. I think I lost. I think like four st- four stone in a few years. And how much did you lose, Brandon? Uh, t- uh, I think I lost a. Stone. Yeah, and in my college coursework, we could like. We had this freedom to create whatever application we went. And I created this calorie tracking tool, which I actually ended up using for a while during my weight loss journey. So creating stuff you like really gets you enrolled and really liking uh, the subject and the programming language. So there's a, there's a bit more advice for you. Definitely. It's a very, very valid point. You know, mm. Create what you like. And then... The, the knowledge and the time and the effort will, will come naturally to you because it's yeah. something like. And uh, I guess we kind of touched upon this a little bit before when we talked about who programming is for, but 
Uh, let's get to know a bit more about why programming, why we should start learning about Yeah, it's a, it, ultimately it's an amazing skill to have. Uh, I'll reiterate what we said before. We're entrepreneurs, our gem. Um, we're already in this sort of like top 5% bracket where we're not just living our lives willy-nilly, not doing anything, you know, just watching the world go by. We're out there to strive for further, improve, make new processes and, you know, push push ourselves further. And a programming is a perfect way to start this journey, creating mobile applications which solve a, uh, which solve a problem, um, improving processes through programming. Like I said, quite a lot of uh, these processes now within any industry are going automated. So being able to learn a program language which helps remove this manual effort can also incorporate this lean sort of structure to your startup, uh, reducing that sort of manual effort. Yeah, and just to reiterate what Connor said, you guys are entrepreneurs, so you'll be looking into making your own website and creating your own online ventures, whatever it may be. And having a programming background or some programming knowledge can really go a long way because say like, for example, you'll be working with some third party developers who will help you create your online ventures. Now, because you know the basics of programming and you know how to do different constructs of programming, when your third-party developer says, oh yeah, that seems like I can get it done in two weeks, with your knowledge, you can say, mm, I'm not too sure about that. I know that I could get that done in about two days. And you can sort of get a gist of which kind of people are good programmers and will be a good asset to your, your business and people who are just kind of not the correct people you're looking for they're not doing high quality work for you and that's just another advantage of being able to program of course kind of a, a good resource management technique um and obviously that's an essential for every project manager entrepreneur you've got to be able to manage your resources look at your costs keep the costs down and so you're only wasting money on someone that's not doing uh, a proper job or not doing it as quick as it should be um should be getting done um well we know programming is a hard skill but when employees looking at both hard skills and soft skills programming can actually increase soft skills as well i mean i know from uh, my computer science course i learned about this uh, top-down approach where we take the big problem which is what the uh, problem we're trying to solve we break it down into certain like sub sub procedures and so we break down uh, break down the topic into sub procedures. We can solve each sub procedure with uh, a certain amount of tasks, etc. And that's good when it comes to uh, project management, being able to um, delegate tasks to certain sub procedures, and mm. being able to work uh, amongst many teams is a soft skill in itself. Teamwork it also improves communication. And so I think it's a, it's good all round for both hard skills and soft skills programming, and those are both. Um, important as an entrepreneur and will definitely boost your CV and boost your uh, boost the way employers see you being able to have a vast majority of both skills absolutely and yeah th these are definitely just really really important things to consider when thinking about whether to learn programming or not uh, and I, I think that pretty much sums everything up Connor um, so yeah I, I'd say and, so yeah <laughs> 
So why don't we go ahead and talk about what we're going to be talking about next week? Sure. So uh, as you know, we're working on this kind of rotational aspect where we switch between finance and tech. Uh, first week we talked about income streams. This week we've talked about uh, the importance of programming. So we want to kind of go back to this finance uh, route again. And we're going to be talking about something that we've uh, learned a bit before, me and Brandon and our Trading and Investment Society, and that's uh, mergers and acquisitions. Mm. Uh, quite a complex topic, but an important one for uh, finance and especially investment banking. So yeah, we'll we'll delve into that topic next week. Should be an exciting uh, give podcast. Give I us a good. Wait. No, of course, yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Um, it's gonna be good. It's a, it's quite a quite a, quite a complex one, but one if you get your head around it, um, can really increase your knowledge in both finance and investment banking. It's it's a core concept. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. So guys, we'll see you next week.